How's it going? Just fine. Mm-hmm. Just arranging some stuff, and yeah, I'll yeah, discombobulate it. When, when my inputs are wrong, it's, yeah, uh, everything's it's off. Very upsetting. Now. Very upsetting. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It's just, <laughs> you I, like things I to be a certain anything, way, and I couldn't say anything. But you didn't panic. I did a little bit. Did you? It didn't. I, you were probably muted. Maybe you were laughing. I was talking, but I'm like, I couldn't tell if you could hear me. I could hear you. Well, you sound great. When I was talking before I had the input set right, you couldn't. So you panicked a little bit. All hmm. those words. Mm-hmm. Like like tears and rain. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say the rain. I don't say that. That's not correct. I have trouble with the, with the beginning part, which is why I paused. All oh. these moments will be lost. Yeah. Is that right? Hmm. That's my best guess. Uh, I'm low energy tonight. You have some uh, low main, did you? No, I haven't eaten enough. I haven't slept enough. You're on the nap. You're still doing the naps, right? I'm trying. See, today was a compressed day. This actually leads to one of my suggested topics. Mm -hmm. Because we've been trying a new thing at our house. And I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Um, All right, well. I'll save it for the topic because we will talk about that. I think that's a good one. Um, what, should I mention it? Sure. Well, I love to get a nap. I mm-hmm. have I try to build in a little bit of nap time. When I start sleeping better at night, I will take fewer naps, but I, I really like try to work in a nap when I can. Uh, but today's a tight day because it's an early pickup day and it's a late podcast day and I got a really short window in between. And uh, I ate some leftovers, but I haven't eaten enough. Um, we're trying a new thing that we're calling the Independence Project. And I, I guess I'm curious what formal-ish things your household has undertaken uh, to permit and encourage responsible independence with your kids. <laughs> Do you fret about it? And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to toss that out. Because you, 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 you more, way more than me. I'm way more fretful about today. You seem more fretful about the future and making sure that they can survive on their own and stuff like that. So I wonder if this is something you have any kind of, like, have you had conversations? Do you do things? Do you do experiments? I feel like I'm pan fretful. Fretful about now, fretful about later. Why can't we have put in that clip of, uh, what's his both? name? <laughs> what's his name from the Rudolph special? Uh, the the kid who wants is it the kid who wants to be a dentist or is it Rudolph himself yeah. who says yeah. independent you know that independence yeah uh, Herm, Hermy I think his name is that's it mm-hmm. there's that horrible yeah. scene where he tears all the teeth out of the bumble mm-hmm. <laughs> ham hocks and guitar strings <laughs> that is Analyze such a weird that one dream that is, therapist that is such a weird show yeah Hermy he wants to be independent. And then, uh, you know, Rudolph is, is shamed by everybody in authority. It's really not a very good story at all. It was done on a very, very small budget. I think it's fine. Pan fretful? Mm-hmm. I'll be capturing that. Too early in the show, but it's too good not to write down. Um, because you're a rational person. You, you um, make every attempt to locate the rational parts of your mind and then wonder if you're actually being rational and you kind of think yourself into a box in my opinion. But you, you seems to me that that is a top of mind thing for you where like you want to, you want to be doing the right thing at the right time. You, it seems like you think these things through. It seems like you do a, what's your wonderful phrase down here? Threat models that you, um, 
you game out the you min max as you say in video games and you try to figure out like is it, is this the right time to try these kinds of things and at this point i'm being very very general but you know this starts at, at a very young age where it's as simple as like how long can you be out of the room before your kid has a fit and you you know then you eventually move up through stuff like you know you go to the bathroom by yourself or you go to you know the gendered bathroom that you can go in or not go in and you go to a sleepover and there's all those kinds of little things but do you have anything like that that you've been, uh, especially with your daughter, I'm thinking? Maybe, I guess, with your son, it's probably even more important at this point. Well, having the two, is, it makes a very good comparison because, especially since, you know, they're with them being offset by age and having different personalities, it can go a couple different ways. Uh, like, if the if the older one is more independent than the younger one, then that, I feel like, works out naturally, that the older one does all sorts of things first because they're older, right? Mm-hmm. And that the younger one always trails behind and is the baby. And, and complains uh, that they don't get to do all the things the older one does. Yeah, but but still, that the, the, if they're less, they're less independent than the older one, then then it works out. Like, that they, they recognize that they're not ready to do those things, both because they're younger and because they just are less independent, right? But I've got the reverse situation, where my younger one is more independent than my older. So the way it works out is that very often, both kids, even though they're separated by three years, both kids end up doing, uh, you know, crossing new independence milestones more or less at the same time almost often. Uh, and it's, it's a little bit weird, right? I mean, I think one of the great example is riding bikes. I could not get my son to uh, ride a bike without training wheels. He was just, you know, the, the possibility that he might fall off or that it would be difficult or hard was just enough to keep him away. He was like, nope, nope, nope. Don't try to teach me. Don't want to know anything. My daughter more or less learned on her own with only mild encouragement. Hmm. And then once he saw his little sister riding a bike, all of a sudden that put enough of a fire under his butt. He's like, all right, well, I guess I'll, I guess I will try this for literally 30 seconds. And lo and behold, you can do it. Mm-hmm. They were both really old by the time they did it. So that's, the, so that's the dynamic I have going that daughter is much more independent, but my son is older. And so I'm constantly trying to figure out when the right time for each individual child is to do each thing. And to still have some semblance of uh, reasonable reasonableness about the age gap, and that like very often, though my daughter might want to do something, the three year age gap means she's really not quite ready for it. So to try to, you know, keep her keep her expectations uh, reasonable while also making sure I'm pushing my son to you know do more stuff. So I guess specific examples. Um, how does uh, in uh, follow up? How does he respond? To, as much as you're comfortable saying, how does he respond to the various kinds of nudging? Is he is he is he is he mad? Is he dismissive? Is he? Uh, Both my kids don't want to hear anything I have to say about anything. You always they say don't want to be in, they don't want to be instructed on mm-hmm. how to do anything. They don't want any advice. They don't want any suggestions. They don't want to be taught anything. They don't want to hear any information that is in my head. And they certainly don't want to be told to do anything that they don't want to do. So, yeah, they're they're done. They're done with that. The, the closest you can do with nudging is like indirect nudging, where you put them in situations or you uh, tell them they have to do something, you know, and then they just do it right. Uh, and and my daughter is mostly the reverse, telling her she can't do something. Uh, but very often, uh, especially my daughter, but she's more independent. She just ignores me and does whatever she wants anyway. Dares me to do something about it. So she's, she's <laughs> willful. 
Yeah. Uh, and she's, uh, I don't know, like, she's still got that little kid type of thing where, you know, little kids, like, they, they think when they close their eyes, they become invisible, right? Yeah, right. Little kids are or, terrible at hide-and-seek. Right. Or if they're sort of sort of this magical thinking of, like, believing that if they, if they you know, say they knock over uh, some breakable thing and it breaks on the floor, if they run away and hide, it is a that's a reasonable way to deal with the situation because if, if, hidden, if they can't see it, you can't. If I'm, if I'm hidden, I won't get in trouble, right? Yeah. So my daughter obviously is much older than thinking that she's invisible when she closes her eyes, but she has the same kind of magical thinking where if I call to her and ask her to do something, she will pretend that she can't hear me and run away as fast as she can. Mm-hmm. If she has to go somewhere, <laughs> if she has to go somewhere, she's getting exercise. Yeah, if she has to go somewhere that she doesn't want to go, she will in the in the you know time right before the thing she'll ask to do some activity that will take her away. Oh, I'm going to go for a walk, okay? And she won't come back until after the time that you have to leave to take her to the thing that she doesn't want to do. Well, you right? just drop like, that one. She goes off for walks on her own. Yeah, yeah, wow. no, uh, but anything like that, or even just she'll, she'll immediately have to go to the bathroom and stay in there for a long time, right? Oh, we you get know, that. Any- we we get that right around bedtime is suddenly the time that the action happens. Also, we get a lot of projects that pop up at the most inopportune times, like the sewing kit comes out and the yarn comes out, and like I like I sent you that uh, what she did to her iPhone case where she likes to sew things onto her iPhone case. Those kind of projects come up like in, in the minutes where like we we already should really be getting shoes on. They slow walk. Yeah, although uh, very often that's just their unawareness of, of time. But like I notice mm-hmm. it more in these situations where she knows there's something coming up that she doesn't want to do, and she will plan to not be in the house. You know, <laughs> and so like even like that's pretty 40, cunning. You got to give her credit. For, that is cunning. Forty. It's not that cunning because we all know she's doing it, and she denies it. And, and like I said, also <laughs> the you know the 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 running away when you call and just pretend oh i can't hear you no i I just didn't hear you that's all it was like plausible deniability she's all into that it's just like the most kind of like the same thing with the vegetarianism we just talked about last uh last episode Mm -hmm. uh where phase one of vegetarianism for her was to eat dinner but refuse to eat the meat on the plate and not say anything about it and I didn't think when she did that that all of a sudden she's becoming a vegetarian because very often she doesn't want to eat things on her plate. But I noticed specifically you ate you didn't eat the two things that I would have thought you ate first because they're your favorite, right? You didn't eat right. the chicken, right? Right. But that was her. That's her first. Uh, you know, rather than just saying, "Hey, guess what? I'm a vegetarian now." She's always got to do you know the sort of. It's not passive aggressive, but it's more like it's, it's well, more it's like a kind know, of, it can be a kind of framing because she's kind of gone from being. One one man's draft dodger is another man's conscientious objector. Like she's she's making it into something um, that is not about the absence of the chicken parts, but about the presence of the vegetarianism. I think it was more like she didn't want to come out and say she was, but wanted to be one in the same way when I call her and she knows that I'm going to ask her to pick up like her shoes off the floor that she runs away and pretends she can't hear me. Right. Mm-hmm. That is just that maybe. Maybe if I do this, it'll just be a thing that I never have to deal with. Maybe I just I just won't eat the meat and I just won't say anything. The next day, she had resigned herself that she has to tell somebody that she's a vegetarian. Not that again, not that we cared one way or the other. It's like okay, fine, but that would have been better to say last night instead of just not eating your meat and not saying anything. Right. Um, so I think we got off track on the independence things, but yeah, she she does go for walks and she has been doing that for a long time. I'm going out for a walk and I'm going out for a bike ride. Uh, where are you going to go? 
uh, I don't know, just around. And then I try to set parameters. Can't cross this road. Can't cross that road. You know, don't do this. Stay on the sidewalk. You know, the parameters have changed over the years. Um, but she mostly ignores what we tell her. Hmm. I- investigation has revealed that she mostly ignores it. Um, the, the main way we found this out is because she would say, I'm going to go take the dog for a walk. And the dog has a GPS. Therefore, now she has a GPS. So say, don't cross road, whatever. She cr- totally crosses road, whatever. Just goes all over the place and then comes back. Uh, so she's very independent. She's always looking to push boundaries to go and do more things on her own. Uh, and so it's mostly just like she wanted to walk to school since she was like in third grade. And we, our school is like across two fairly busy Well, yeah, that's, you know, that's, roads. that was one of the big genesis of this project for us was the wanting to walk to school. But, you know, in fairness, you're getting at something way more interesting than what I was getting at, I think. Um, which is, I, I was going to talk more about our reactions to, you know, cutting the cord, but it's also interesting that, I mean, true, when, you, when we say independence, the kind of independence I'm talking about is like, you do this thing when we're not around and you follow all of these rules very carefully, you know, that we've really laid out and practiced and tried. And I, I can tell you some of this stuff. It's actually, it's kind of hilarious. The sort of like slow uh, approach that we've done to these independence projects. But it's also interesting because what is independence really? You know, independence really is making your own decisions. It's not, you know what I mean? If, if, if independence is not, you know, b- being in the room and like sitting on a chair and reading a book is different than like the trust that you give, the trust that you in, um, impart on them to say like, you know, you're going to go and do this thing and I won't be there to say or do anything about it. And now you're, you are being independent because you have the ability to exercise decision-making in lots of different ways. And of course, how will you deal with the one that always needles me is how will you deal with this if it comes up, right? And I think for most helicopter parents, that's the kind of thing you really think about. It's like, well, what if that comes up? What if somebody knocks on the door? You know, what if you smell smoke? All that kind of stuff. But it's interesting though, because ultimately what you want, you want her to want, I'm, I'm, I'm fulfilling in your words here, but you eventually want her to be truly independent and to be able to make those decisions. How do you, how do you feel when the dog GPS gives her away? Cause I'm kind of proud of my kid when she fools me. I mean, I don't want her to be, you know, she's not very good at fooling. Like that's the whole thing with most of the things. Yeah, but I mean, she, they're, they're trying. We've, we've talked about this before, how like, uh, there is, on the one hand, there is the instinct to do what you want to do, regardless of what your parents said. But this, on the other is, hand, we, we have, we've both had the shared experience. We had different reactions to the experience of finding candy wrappers in your kid's room. My reaction was, on the other hand is the, is the, the even stronger desire to never clean up after yourself, mm-hmm. which, which is like, and if she was being at all devious, it would be like, let me make even the most token effort to hide my disobedience. But right. no, the, the desire to never clean up anything you do is the strongest thing in her entire like worldview. So Everything that she does, there is ample evidence everywhere. <laughs> and and the thing is, I've, the policy I've been trying, this is probably some geopolitical analogy to this that I'm not grasping right now. We need John Ryder to tell me. But the policy I've been trying is, like, whatever messes she makes, I will always make her clean up eventually. So what I'm trying to get through, and I've told this so many times, like, look, if you don't clean it up right after you do it, you're going to have to clean it up eventually anyway. There is no avoiding. Do you really do that? You do, you do that and stick to it. You don't ever just clean it up yourself. No, that's the whole thing, right? Like hmm. I had her clean up. Like, she cleaned up her cereal bowl at like 7 p.m. this weekend, right? Just because every it was always there and I would I would remind her to do it and she would not do it. And eventually it's like, look, the cereal bowl is not going away. There is no 
you know, by by skipping cleaning it up, by consciously skipping cleaning it up in the moment, all you're doing is making yourself get nagged all day and have to do it anyway. And that message is not getting through. Mm-hmm. Like there, it's it is still more desirable to not do it in the moment and to delay, 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 and deal with the nagging, and then eventually have to do it. That's still preferable to proactively doing it in the moment. So we're still working on that. Mm-hmm. But I, maybe I maybe I need a, a different strategy. But anyway, yeah, the, the, the you know she has if she had any decent amount of deviousness, she could even make a small effort to become uh, less less obvious. Maybe it's a long con. You know, because the short con is where you get really tripped up. The worst, we got clocked, my friend Sam and I got clocked really bad in high school. It's, it's a very long story. We, we ended up, you could say, hosting a party. We had a bunch of friends who were drunk and driving around and came to the house. And Sam and I made the executive decision to say, look, we should let them stay here. And we'll sort of, you know, shepherd this. I think we might have had a beer, but mostly it was our friends being real rowdy. And like, we were like, they should not be driving. Like, this, this, Let's do that. And, and we were, of course, the, that night after everybody finally I got driven home or slept on a couch or whatever, we cleaned everything. And we got clocked because the place was cleaner than when his parents had left. And they were like, this is the first time that my 16, 17-year-old son has ever had the house cleaner when I arrived than when I left. And it totally gave us away. That's a short con. We blew it on that one. It's a rookie, rookie mistake. It was a rookie mistake. Right? Yeah. But the, um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad my kid's not super devious, but you, your kid's ambitious. She's really ambitious. She seems like she's very ambitious in, in her creativity and like in her projects that she does. And, uh, I think that's to be applauded. I, I don't have to take care of her. Yeah. That's why for the most part, I'm mostly, I'm, I'm not, you know, like why, like if she wants to be independent, why are you stopping her from doing anything? It's uh, mostly, I'm just trying to, build reasonable habits as in you can't just leave a path of destruction behind you and assume elves will come and clean up after you because that's not a good life habit to get into and safety uh you know in third grade you are just simply not ready to cross these very busy roads you're just not they know well someone will call child protective services if we let you walk to school by yourself right (laughs) so when am i ready right a certain point she is ready and then she does it but like but even then like you it's very so difficult you probably have an easier time because your daughter seems a little bit more uh, receptive to your street crossing instructions, but you get to cross the street with her many, many times. But it sucks because she's like, there's a, uh, I mean, we're in a fairly suburban neighborhood, but the street that she's crossing, as you hear with the train going by is um, it's, it's pretty crazy. And like, we almost get hit, you know, every couple of weeks. You but know, you've done I'm it so her. many times with her. Like you've mm-hmm. you have done the street crossing with her a lot of times. It gives you an opportunity to observe what is she like during street crossing. When we said that, we uh, my wife and I both said that, which was you know it's, we sound like the old people that we are, but we're like you know the way that you behave yourself when you're with us is going to be a big indicator of when you show us that you're ready to do things without us. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, I know you think it's dorky, and we've been doing it since you're three. But I'd like to hear you say left, right, left when you cross the street. You know, I, I did the whole pilot program when uh, my both my kids were younger to say we're going to cross the street together, but you're in charge of when it's safe to cross. Oh, I do that all the time. I do that all the time. Right. And it's very difficult because both kids had a lot of difficulty actually assuming responsibility. 
because they knew they're not paying, that they're we not paying were any there. attention. I mean, and, and right. like they one don't of, actually turn their head. They don't actually look because they know like that I'm watching like a hawk and if I will pull them back by, you know, the, I won't let them get hit by a car because I'm there. And so it's very difficult to know, like, what is it going to be like the first time when I'm not there? Will they behave differently or will right. they just assume that magic ghost daddy is there with them uh, paying attention so they don't need to? Plus, you, you've got the that weird spider sense, um, I imagine, that I have. But you, when you know, like, sometimes you just, you know, oh, you see somebody coming down the road and you just know mm, they're not going to do a good stop. Like you, you get this or you know when you're going to be in a blind spot for somebody. There's all the things that you just know from years of walking and driving. But, you know, yeah, I, I always, I mean, this is, when I listen to my better angels, I am aware that uh, habits are like a muscle that you exercise you know, that whatever you do, whatever you do a lot, whatever you do often, whatever you do as a default is really is who you are. And that's where the consistency thing comes in is so difficult. You know what I mean? So like if you haven't built up years and years of the, the bowl always goes back and you get to that more oppositional stage, that's, I imagine going to be a lot harder. Yeah. And you know, there's some things that we're real. I mean, there's some things that we, she has been super great about because partly because we've been super great about it. There's other kinds of things that like, just feel like they're, they're never going to be a solved problem. And none of them are huge. She's not playing with matches. You know, she's not hitting light bulbs together. It's nothing like that. You know, it's, it's, it's more, it really is more of the like, look, you know, as we tried to build toward the whole like responsibilities and allowance thing, we start out with real basic things like your job at the end of the night, any, and like if there's any uh, plates, food, trash, glasses, anything, or, you know, craft materials, iOS devices, everything has to go back to the proper place before bedtime, which feels knowable and doable to me, but it's still something we have to do every night. Yeah, the, the in-house things I, I find are in some ways easier in that, like, you're there when it's happening and you can see the results, but in some ways are are more difficult to make happen because there's not, it's not actually independence, like to your point before about being able to make your own decisions. Like the independence part of walking to school is not so much like that you get to walk to school because you have to go to school. And if they were truly independent, they would choose not to go to school. Perhaps it's really it's more some, responsibility might be a better word. Well, but, but like uh, on the macro level, it's not independent because you got to go to school anyway. But on the micro level, when you go to school, you get to make many independent decisions about when it's safe to cross the street, which way you're going to walk to school, like, you know, like how fast you're going to walk, what you're going to look at, like all these sorts of decisions that you don't have when you're when you're being accompanied by adult because they pick the route and they tell you when it's safe to cross and you have to go the speed that they go and so on and so forth. That's the independence of all those tiny micro decisions that previously you delegated to the adult who you're just, you know, being shepherded along by that now you get to make. Uh, whereas in the house, you already have the independence to decide how fast or slow to walk and what route to take through the house and when to go upstairs and when to go downstairs. And in fact, your independence is being taken away when we tell you every time after you finish your breakfast, put your dishes in the dishwasher, right? Mm-hmm. First, we do dishes in the sink. Then we graduate to dishes in the dishwasher. Uh, that's that's about how far we are right now. That's still um, pretty but, good. Yeah, but like, you know, but creeping amounts of responsibility, but that doesn't feel like any kind of independence. This is like, what, what am I, what's the upside for me? I'm, they get no, uh, previously the help would come and clean up all my dishes. And now I have to participate in a tiny way in that process. I don't see any upside to that. I have no independence. There's no, there's no decision I get. There's not even a micro decision I get to make about, because you tell me exactly where in the dishwasher is supposed to go because, mm-hmm. you know, the, the bowls go in a certain place and you can't just throw them willy nilly. And, it, you know, so that doesn't feel like any independence, but in terms of, gradually working up to the point where 
you can go off to college and know how to feed and bathe yourself without someone cleaning up after you. That's that's the, what we're shooting for there. Yeah. So what things uh, is your daughter actually... Well, you said you're experimenting with it. What, who's who's the driver here? Is your daughter saying, I want to do this thing yeah, that requires yeah. independence? Or are you saying you should do this thing? No, uh, it was, it's been an interesting uh, little miniature journey. The, the, you know, the, the walking to school thing has been around for a while and you end up having to, you end up finding if you're me, you find, end up finding yourself saying those kinds of silly things like, well, you know, every family's different. Every person's different. Every kid is different. Every situation's different. So like our neighbor kids started walking to the kid, like three houses down, who's now in middle school, uh, started walking to school by himself around her age. And we would walk to school with him sometimes in the morning and talk. Um, and so, you know, she sees that kind of stuff. She sees, you know, you know, like I say, every, every family's different, but in the same way that like every time we cross the street, I, not every time, but I always say, remember, we go when we go, we don't go when everybody else goes. Like there, there is this weird, like hive reflex in a city like this, probably where you live too, where the, the crossing light changes and, or no, the crossing, the crossing light doesn't change, but like one to three people in the front of the pack start walking and everybody else naturally starts walking after them. And I always try to say like, don't do that. Like, go when you know it's ready, not when everybody else does it. Um, yeah, that's like, it's like a near impossibility. I've already been rehearsing in my head for years what I'm going to tell my kids about driving in similar situations because yeah. something comes up all the time in driving. Driving is a whole and, other thing. Oh, and the God. consequences are, you know, potentially even worse due to the, the, the speeds involved in terms of they could kill somebody else versus just yeah. them getting killed, right? But it's the same, same exact thing. Like, you know, say you're... Say you're trying to make a, a left turn on a busy road and it's hard to wait for a clear spot and the person behind you honks. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you're, you are incredibly more motivated, especially as a new driver, to go when, when otherwise you would not have gone because it doesn't look like it's clear and your judgment's crappy because you're a new driver anyway and that's how you end up. Or maybe you know. you're running late for like when you were supposed to be home. There's these different factors that could make you make a strange decision. Right. And, and then, so, but in both cases with the, with the person honking behind you and the, the people deciding to cross when they cross, it's just this incredible peer pressure that's like practically impossible to, to resist, you know? Yeah. Um, but so she started in on this, uh, thing where she basically was, <laughs> I mean, she practically gave up a, a PowerPoint. Like she was like, I want to start being at home by myself. And we were like, hmm, that seems like a, like a good idea. D- did she have the class at school about it? No, but she had um, a pretty good American Girl book about it. <laughs> that's the same couple, thing. Prob- it's probably it's accredited, right? You know, just because they teach it at school doesn't make it good. Yeah, there's know, there's a lot of stuff I wish I could unteach that they learn at school. I, I, was, I mean, I was never taught this at school, but both of my kids had, I forget what grade they had it in, but they had an actual like one day thing. I don't even remember who was in school or after school. It was like uh, what you need to know to be home by yourself. Yeah. Uh, and it was given, I think, before a time when anyone would actually leave their kids at home, just as sort of like a preparatory thing. And I think it covered, like, uh, not answering the door, what to happen if there's what happens if there's a fire, uh, you know, don't play with matches or knives and poison. Like, <laughs> knives I don't, came I don't up even for know. us, too. Knives and fire both came up with us as well. Yeah, I mean, it comes what, with, what? the American Girl book comes with actually a pretty good little um, booklet, like a workbook that you fill in with your parents, and it's it's actually you know it's it, I don't know you can think it's silly. I think it's it's kind of a good idea. And you walk through and you go like, okay, you do stuff like write down the phone numbers, but then you also write down the answers to questions, like you know uh, what am I allowed to do 
what, what am I allowed to do when I come home? I'm how far from the house am I allowed to go? Am I allowed to go outside? Am I allowed to have friends over? Am I allowed to use the phone, the computer, et cetera, stuff like that? And then, you know, we'd say, yes, you can do this thing. You know, if homework is done, um, you know, if you have, if this happens, call us or text us. And, um, but I thought that was good because that gave us a, a good context for talking about all these things. And then you do stuff like, well, you know, what are your, what are your various options for these things? There's obviously there's the whole, like, if there's a, if you think there's a fire, what do you do? I think the bigger concern, bigger than a fire is like, if you think there's a fire, <laughs> that's, that's the really interesting one. There's a fire, you're going to run out of the house. But like, what do you do if like, there's some kind of like weird thing like that? You, you think they're going to run out of the house. If there's a fire, um, chances are good that kids will try to do something to make the fire go away because they're afraid they'll get in trouble because kids are stupid. They are stupid. But also mine would probably be like, well, wait till I finish this level. Yeah, there's nothing that can be done. There's nothing that can be done until I finish this level, or or, or ignore it, or run away, and just be very quiet. Maybe the fire won't hear you. That's right. (laughs) Close your eyes. To cut a long story short, this is not very interesting, but um, it was it was an interesting journey for everybody. She was real gung ho to try this out, and I know this sounds. I'm going to laugh at this someday, and this sounds so lame. But we started off with stuff as simple as we just walked outside and waved, right? And then we we got to like, well, we're going to walk to the park and walk back. And then mom and I are going to walk around the block. And then like during that time, she got all of your scissors and all your good pencils and squirreled them away. (laughs) All the strike anywhere matches. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Um, And then, so eventually we've gotten up to now, like, I don't know, probably six or eight times, um, depending on like pickup day. um, I will see her off at the corner and she, um, I make her show me the key and she knows the drill. We don't have to say it anymore. Like when you get home, the second you get home, you text us, say you're there. And, uh, it's pretty much her time then like homework is mostly a couple of years ago. We started doing this thing that's mostly worked out, which is homework is your job. Like we're, you know, we actually got really good advice from one teacher who was like, tell them, tell them it's their decision. Like it's up to them. And they were like, I think with her, especially you, you can do this. You could say you got these four days until you turn in the homework. She knows what needs to be done. Let her budget the time. And it actually works out mostly pretty well, except for when it's a disaster. So she knows what she has to get done. She gets usually gets half her work done on Monday, half on Wednesday, other stuff like that. And so usually she's just, she goes home, you know, she listens to Spotify and plays on the iPad. And I have not spied on her with the camera once. And it's, it's so far, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm very close by. I mean, my office is very close by. So it's not like, you know, we're in another thing, but it's still, it's been weird. It's been hard. Was it hard for you the first times that your son was alone? Uh, I mean, the, both both kids have been alone in the house for short periods of time for a long time, just because at a for certain many point, months or years. Yeah. Uh, how how long is a short time? Uh, I mean, in the beginning, it, it would mostly be like parents are shuttling people around or coming to and from work or to and from the store or whatever. And, uh, you know, like we would we would always we had a little bit of uh older sibling baby dynamic is like, always take the baby with us. So we take my daughter who's younger. Mm-hmm. So whatever errands we had to go on because she couldn't be left home alone. Right. But my son could, she had to come along for the errands. So the, the, the home, <laughs> you get across you had, the river first, you take the grain, you come back and get the chicken. <laughs> right. Right. But she's always got to be shuttling back and forth because she can't be, she can't be left in the house. Like that. The, the thing doesn't, wasn't just like, how old does my son have to be when he could be left alone? Because whatever age that we think it's okay for him to be left alone in the house, at that point, he's certainly not ready 
to be left alone in the house with his quote unquote baby sister. No, no, like, that, he's that makes barely sense. Barely responsible for himself. He's, he can't be responsible for another person. So mm-hmm. all of the home alone stuff was uh, attached from the beginning with, and also the baby has to come along with us to do boring errands, which meant that she was really not into like wanted to be able to be home alone ASAP because it was so boring having to come along when you knew your sibling got to be home alone even for five minutes and you had to go run to the store and get milk and come back. You don't want to run to the store and get milk no matter what you're allowed to bring. Oh, you can bring your iPad. You can bring your, you know, thing. You can bring your notepad, bring your book that you're reading. You don't want to go get milk. It's boring. It's such an unreasonable request. Right. And so I spent my she, entire life going to errands I didn't want to go on. I, I just, I, I'm always, I'm amazed. Like, yeah, even well, if it's something I, fun, just don't want to go. I did the same thing, but I didn't, you know, for me, for whatever reason, I never felt like it was an option when I was that young to demand that I be left behind. I feel, I felt lucky if I got to pick the radio station. Right. But did it ever occur to you to, to, to like demand that you be allowed to not have to do that? It was annoying and you might complain about it, but it would never felt like it was an option. Like, why don't you just leave me at home without you? Like that was never an option. When I, I was mean, very you, young. you could ask, but that's that's a big I, as you I say never a big even, ask. Uh, occurred to me to ask. Although, I, uh, although this was when I was very very young, I was I was uh, speaking of independence. Like I don't know, you know, this is another one of those generational parenting things where you just go back generations, and the the the, the style of parenting seems to change so much. Uh, where you know my. My grandparents were just like feral in the streets of New York, essentially, right? Yeah. Uh, with no one paying attention to them. And then my parents, uh, you know, in, in the suburbs were more coddled, but then could just have the run of the suburbs. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I think my childhood, childhood was probably just about as independent as my parents and that they didn't keep track of where we are, or where we were, or what we were doing for the most part. That's how it was when my wife grew up. She was on a like a cul-de-sac in, in Rhode Island, and there was just anywhere on this cul-de-sac, and there was woods, and there was the beach, and there was all this stuff. And uh, you could go anywhere in that area, but you had to come home when the streetlights came on. And that was basically it. And they would, they, would get, they would get shoved out of the house, like, get out of the house, go outside and play. Uh-huh. And, and like, whatever limits were supposedly set, you know, immediately violated. Like, when I, when I was in kindergarten... I and my friend rode our little BMX bicycles to the hardware store to buy rope and pulleys, which we were going to use to build things with rope and pulleys. How old? That boys build kindergarten. That is ambitious. And the hardware store was, you know, it, it was not in the neighborhood. It was a, down several highways, right? Like, it was it was far, and it was on roads that you're not even supposed to have bicycles on, where cars are going 60 miles an hour. Uh, and the only reason we got caught is because my friend took money from his mom's wallet to buy the rope and pulleys. Oh, boy. Oh, that's going to be a tough conversation. Uh, yeah, but not even, but like, but again, I wasn't supposed to cross highways, but it was like, yeah, you make it back alive. That's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. I didn't take money out of my parents' wallet. Like, I didn't get in trouble for that. I didn't have the rope and pulleys. I was just, you know, I was a, an accomplice, but I didn't, I don't, I didn't get any particular trouble. So that was my level of independence was just like my parents, you know, go out and eventually come back. And if you come back, no harm, no foul. And we assume that you're not doing something you're not supposed to. But if you are, how would we know? And I went everywhere. I, we would just we would go wherever we want and do whatever we want. We would, you know, we would set fires, make weapons, like run around on the streets, uh, ride our bicycles across highways. I feel like fire used to be a slightly more acceptable form of self-expression. 
especially in the Boy Scouts. Mm-hmm. I, I was never I was never in the Scouts, but I was friends with a lot of Scouts, yeah. and they were all pyromaniacs. It was all about fire. I, I'm, I don't want this to go too long. This is gonna really this is gonna be really awful for the people who hate this kind of talk. But I, it does make me ask you want to ask you this one question that just comes up. Um, we both, despite ourselves. I think sometimes find ourselves going like, Oh, this is what it was like. And, you know, on the one hand we had to do this on the other hand, uh, you know, this was the expectation and da da da. How and when do you think it can be useful to do an X and Y comparison of how things used to be and how they are now? Are there times when that's useful? I feel like there are times when that can be the, actually the, the, I mean, you get things like, Oh, you know, the, the rate of child abductions is actually lower than it's been since the thirties or forties, you know, uh, as against, is it valuable to say, well, here's what the expectations were of me. Does that also have an implied and I turned out fine? Like what, what, when do you think it's useful to compare how things were versus how you feel they are now? Uh, so the thing where it's like, you know, we were allowed to roam free and ride our bikes to the hardware store when we were in kindergarten. Like, I never use that as an example because I look back at that and I'm horrified, right? <laughs> I don't say, and I turned out fine, therefore you should do the same thing. No, I like, I don't even tell my kids these stories to put ideas into their head. I don't want them to know what I did when I was a kid. I don't want them to do the things that I was doing. I think it was incredibly dangerous and it's amazing I'm alive. Like, like I said, you know, and I think it maybe not kindergarten, maybe it was like first grade. I, I uh, jumped off the school, the, the roof of the abandoned elementary school just to see if we could do it. it was, I think it's probably the highest thing I've ever jumped off of to this day. Uh, like, I'm not going to tell my kids those stories and say, see, you should be more daring. And, you know, like, I, the, the, I will not. The, uh, the tree climbing. There's a lot of tree climbing in my life. Yeah. Tree climbing was such a big deal. You know, huge, giant trees, like, you know, I don't yeah, know. 30, 40 feet, feet up in the air. Way, way, even higher than that. Just like ridiculous. Well, high, uh, high enough Rick, to definitely Ricky. break an important part. Oh, high enough to die easily. <laughs> high enough to die easily. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I don't, but I don't, I don't tell my kids about these things and I don't, I don't have the attitude that uh, this is what I did. Therefore, it was, it's fine. Not at all. So that never comes up. The only time I do uh, have a comparison that comes up that I think is apt and that I bring to my kids is when they get really into when they get really wound up in the downward spiral of complaining about what was me look what I have to do a certain point I do have to pull out I know. here's what I was doing I for, for chores as as when I was a kid just just as a comparison to say it could be worse I can't that, imagine my child going to church Every Sunday morning and all that it implies. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Can you pull imagine that one your out, child that, getting up? That is, that is your, too fraught. Your child getting up at six or six thirty on a Sunday. No, there is no every time. Sunday. Every so Sunday. Every Sunday. There's no time. Days, sleep is sleep is gone. There's no time to watch cartoons. You're going to have a very 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 fast breakfast. And here's the thing: you're going to have to get more dressed up than you are for school. And then you're just going to have to go sit and listen to people talk. And then maybe we'll go to lunch. Half your Sunday is gone. You've given it to God because that is what we do. Sometimes when when they're in church services for like, you know, uh, a wedding or some visiting somebody. Christmas and we Easter. Don't to, we, don't, we don't go to church at all, at all, at all, right? But oh, sometimes you don't, you don't we're, do Christmas and Easter? No. Okay. Uh, but but sometimes we're with family or with someone else. We end up going to church and they complain about how long it is. And I remember like, you know, I, I, I went to Mass every Sunday of my entire life until mm-hmm. I left home, right? And also on holy days of obligation, when we were, we, we went, I think I said this before, we went to church when we were on vacation. Right. We went right. to like, whatever, let's find the local church because it's Sunday and we're on vacation. Well, it's like so finding out if there was a bank you could use. It was part of the planning. But yeah, but the other, but the other aspect was when we went to church when I was on vacation, I would be like, this service is so short because our services were always like an hour. 
And I realized oh, well, lots of other services were like a half an hour, 45 minutes. And I'd be like, what kind of quality of life difference do I have? You mean like have? at non-Catholic churches? I suppose that's what it was. I don't, I don't know why I they were shorter. I will never forget but... my first Catholic wedding. And I thought, is this one of those internet, well, it was before that, but it's like one of those internet personality tests where like you, it just, you keep taking it until you realize you should, should just close the window. Like, how could this thing be? I mean, I feel like I've been, I could be wrong. I feel like I've been to mass weddings that were over two hours long. There's a lot of standing. A lot how of long was your son, how long was your Sunday mass, your normal Sunday mass growing up? Um, so we didn't call it mass, but it was like, you know, the Sunday worship. And if you were a kid, you went to a class, which they would call Sunday school. Sunday school was like a little class where you do Bible things. And when you were little, it was usually crafts. When you got older, it was a little bit more, um, I don't know, you'd really hit the books, memorize some Bible verses. And then you'd go to what was called junior church which was in the junior chapel. Like there was a kid's little mini chapel. Um, And at no particular arbitrary age, at some point you would start going to the big sanctuary for the big, there was still Sunday school for the grownups at that same time. But then the the sanctuaries where you'd have the big service, there'd be an early one and a late one. I feel like it was maybe an hour, probably, probably 45, 50 minutes. So that seems long to me because my ours were always essentially an hour. You go nine o'clock mass and you'd be at like ten. You'd be walking. Including communion and stuff like that. Yeah, one hour uh, <laughs> in and out. I mean, sometimes they go longer if it was uh, the what do you call it, the folk group or uh, any, anything with a large uh, musical component. Sometimes they would they would go longer. But yeah. But but anyway, I'd go. We'd go to mass when we were on vacation, and I'd experience these other churches where you'd be in and out of there in thirty minutes. The sermon would be like a five minute thing, and everything would be like chop, chop, chop. And I'd be like, "Wow!" <laughs> it makes you want to fill out a comment comment card when you get home. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Does this, is this nece- is this all really necessary? But that's just, like, that's, just one, that's just one example, though. I mean, there, how, there how are, much of this? How much of this changes? Is this from really week necessary? Week? There's so many examples like that, though, where like I I I. I don't like that about myself. I don't think that's useful. I didn't think it was useful when people said that to me. I don't think it's that particularly useful when I say it to her, but you're right. When you get to a certain point, you get kind of frustrated in a fit of peak, and there's been sort of what? There's some in, interrogation of the larger justice system of being a child, and they, and they just can't even, and you're like, oh my God. Like, you, you uh, I just got to kick my slippers and just say, like, you have no idea how different this is from every other generation before you. Yeah, and and the main thing I like I the the my pitch for when I do that is not just to say you don't know how good you have it or how difficult it was for me or whatever, but just to say that like here are the responsibilities I had when I was your age, and yet still, it was difficult to become an independent adult because I still felt like I had inadequate skills. You know, like and I don't don't oversell that too much, but it's mm-hmm. like you know when you when you first go off and leave home, there's a there's a learning curve, despite the fact that you may supposedly know how to do all of these You never things. had to do all of it at the same time. It's one thing to do some laundry. It's one thing to have a job. It's one thing to have to deal with the social components of having a roommate or something like that. But it's really inescapable. When you go to college or you go off on your own, it's, it's, uh, it's, you really can't prepare for how overwhelming it can be at first. Yeah, and so that, and I tell them about the struggles that I had and say, so I had more responsibility sooner and yet still had struggles. So... You should get on that and not push back with all your might against any increase in responsibility that comes with an increase in age. Because uh, I, I always tell them, like, you're not going to turn 18 and magically know how to do all this stuff, right? It doesn't come in a packet on your 18th birthday, and now you know how to do it. Right. You have to learn it now. <laughs> There's no coronation. 
As, and unlike your your daughter with with the homework, you can't say, "Well, you've got X number of years to do this, so just space it out." They'd be like, "No, I'll save it all for thirty seconds before I yeah. turn eighteen, and then I'll learn everything I need to know about taking care of myself." <laughs> your mother would sleep on the bed, and I would sleep on a little mat. Yeah, I don't, I don't, we don't go too far into that. I'm going to encourage. Uh, oh, I co- still have a lot. I still have a lot to tell my Encourage daughter. cohabitation. Uh, oh, as early I'm, as I'm doling out a lot of the life stories and anecdotes, real slow, like. <laughs> you you gotta wait to to hand out all the good ones about uh, all your uh, uh, illicit drug use and uh, yeah she's seen the picture of me you... in the Fred Flintstone car and had had some questions about that because hmm. I specifically mentioned my my future child in the sign that I'm holding mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you mostly got questions about your hair I'm sure though <laughs> I had a bandana on. <laughs> This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Mac Weldon. You can learn more about Mac Weldon right now by going to MacWeldon.com. It is right there on the internet. Mac Weldon makes the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, and sweatpants that you will ever wear. Frankly, Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now, a science fact. Mac Weldon are so confident of this that they have a no questions asked return policy. Mac Weldon are sure that you're going to be super comfortable in whatever you buy. And if for any reason you don't like your first pair of underwear, you can uh, you can keep them. They'll refund you. No questions asked. Ah, but there's so much more than underwear. They also have shirts, such wonderful shirts. As we speak right now, as I record this, uh, there is a FedEx truck in San Francisco, California, that is going to bring me a improbably large number of Mac Weldon stuff that I have bought with my own money. I got some t-shirts coming. I got some Pima cotton long sleeve uh, uh, tees coming. I got some, I got some, uh, I got some socks coming because I'm a huge fan of Mac Weldon, like for real, like I actually for real, really, really like them. Here's what they told us to say. By, by pairing premium fabrics, meticulous attention to detail and a simple shopping experience. It's a very simple shopping experience. Mac Weldon delivers a new level of daily comfort straight to your door. They make undershirts that stay tucked in. This is true. Socks that stay up. Story checks out and waistbands that don't roll, no rolls. Everything they make is made with premium cotton blended with natural fibers. And their website is built to get you in and out as quickly as possible. They don't waste your time. This is true. It's a very easy to use website. You can also reorder things from them. I do a lot of that. They're a really good website and they make really nice clothes. And you know, uh, Mac Weldon, they also have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, which means they eliminate odor. Go check that out. That is some very cool Science stuff. Not only do Mac Weldon's underwear, socks, and shirts look good, they perform well too. They're good for working out, going to work, traveling, or just for everyday life. Listeners of this show can get 20%, 20, 20% off their first order at MacWeldon.com. You just got to use that very special offer code DIFFS at checkout. That's D I F F S. Oh, thank you so much to Mac Weldon for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. I'm I'm proud of my kid. She's been she's done really well so far. I mean, so far, you know, she she's been avoiding the knives. But you know what surprised me a little bit? I mean, like I say, I'm 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 not spying on her. I, I really want to sometimes, but I think that's totally gross. But like, I I still don't, I don't know. think that's gross. I have I have no compunction about spying. I spy on my dog. I spy on my kids. I spy yeah, on everybody. you do that all the time. Yeah, that's how they're not they are not independent adults yet. Okay, all right. And my dog and my dog never will be. How's Daisy doing? She, what did she get today? She, uh, well, oh God, talk about consistency. Mm-hmm. The topic that's been in here, I'm not going to go totally into consistency, but we'll get dog to it. training, a lot, of, a lot of it is about consistency. 
And I am but one person in a house of four people. Oh boy. And the other three. Even are if not you're consistent hundred percent of the time. Yep. You're still they are only not one interested fourth in of the household. They are not on board with the with the rules and limits as they've been laid down. Are there any for particularly example, any particularly bad offenders? Yeah, for they're all bad. For example, <laughs> no dogs on the couches is okay. a rule. It has been since she was a puppy, and we brought her to this house. And there are lots of reasons why I have the no dogs allowed on couches rule. Uh, but I felt like there was universal buy-in, and for almost a year, more or less, everyone was agreed. No dogs on couches. And then suddenly, in the past month or so, guess what? Sometimes, they encourage the dog to come up on the couch. I'm like, what are you doing? I put in a year of no dogs on couches. And now you're like, oh, sometimes it's okay for her to be on the couch. No, it's not. It's never okay. And so I shoo her off, and it's like, it doesn't take much for the dog to realize, hey, couches. I'll see what's going to happen. That dog's going to get mad. Those are going to turn into, it's going to be an angry, angry effing dog if it gets that inconsistent signal. Because now you're the bad guy. You're the bad cop for once. It doesn't get doesn't get mad, but it's but mm. it realizes couches are a place you can be. It will. So but today, this is the problem with scraps and the problem with eating off the plates and the this is the old people food problem. Mm-hmm, I see it all mm-hmm. the time with people I love in my life, where it's like, look, they they yell at the dog for trying to eat off the table, and then at the end of the meal they go, oh, it's okay, Bonnie Bell, you can have this, and it's like you're sending such a crazy mm-hmm, mixed signal to that mm-hmm. poor animal. All right. So this so this the couch problem manifests in her. When I spy on her, seeing her, oh, guess what? Everyone's out of the house, and you know where she is? She's up on the couch looking around. And from the couch, she can get new vantage points. So today, she was on our second couch and oh, no. looked over the looked over the back of our second couch and realized, hey, over the back of our second couch, I can see areas that previously I couldn't see because I'm a little dog. Oh, and geez. that's where I had hidden her grooming brush, which has a squishy handle. And I know she loves squishy, rubbery things. Mm-hmm. And every day I kept like hiding it behind something so she couldn't see it from floor level. But from the couch above, she could see it. And also there was like this plastic bin that was new to the room that my daughter left there because she brought it down from her room or something. I don't know where she brought it from. But anyway, she left it some, She left it wherever the heck the last place she touched it was because she doesn't put anything away. <laughs> and so Daisy saw both these things, hopped over the back of the couch onto the other tables, took down the plastic uh, index card container and also the grooming brush and shredded them to bits. <sighs> Jiminy. Oh, no. Just just chewed him up? Yeah. Like, she, she, I mean, part of it is like, and this is, this is on all of us, but like, what can you really do? She thinks anything that is plastic or rubbery is a dog toy because all uh-huh. of her dog toys are like those hard nylon, like chewing things she loves to chew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So what is the difference in her mind between... Oh, that the, the training it, accidentally worked. A nylon dog toy and something else that is also made of plastic that isn't a dog toy, but might as well be because her dog toys are all shaped like all different shapes, right? And so as far as she was concerned, the index card thing was just a weird dog toy that she chewed the corners off of. And then the handle of the brush has a rubbery part on it, which is like her Kongs, like the little rubbery Kong things. Mm-hmm. And so she chewed on that. Is that like a thing uh, you put peanut butter in? Uh, you can if you want to, but yeah, like just they're just made of very hard rubber. They're very they're they're good toys. She likes them, um, and she likes her rope, and she likes a bunch of other things. But so we've trained her that plastic things are dog toys, and we know to keep plastic things away from her. But occasionally she'll find a new plastic thing in the house and think this is an as yet undiscovered dog toy that I'm very excited about. Let me bring this down and chew it up. <laughs> so she had a she had a day today. But you see uh, what happens. Also, you see what happens. She also, yeah. 
My, you let, you let the dog on the couch, and then the dog discovers new vistas. Yeah, right. Oh, I, my daughter left her iPad on the couch when she was she was home alone with the dog, and she left the iPad on the couch and went out for like a walk, and then came back. And guess what? The dog decided to eat her her earpods, not her no. AirPods, but her her regular, you know, the headphones. You, the devil, you say? They were dangling off the couch, and the dog's oh. like, "What's this dangling off the couch? What's this? Crunch, 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 crunch." <laughs> Daisy. Huh. But you have to help her be be a good dog. Yeah, she, I mean, she doesn't like uh, plastic things. I, you know, just keep the stuff away from her. Don't leave, don't leave stuff around. And then the couches. She stayed off the couches for like a year until like only took one or two times of being like, oh, it's okay for her to be up on the couch next to me when I'm here. It's okay for. It's like now she knows she can be on the couches. So now I watch her on video and she's up on those couches all the time. Do you? Th- oh, do you think it was theorized by someone that you just wouldn't figure out that it happened or how often it happened? Oh no, they don't care. They do it right in front of me. They're they do like, it right in front of you. Oh, the, the, but she's so cute. Just, mm. She can just be on the couch next to me. It doesn't matter. Like they I see, don't, the, they I make... see the appeal. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I had a dog. My first dog was on the couches all the time. I know what it's like to have a dog on the couch. Same thing with the bed. No, no dog on our bed. I'm holding the line on that, but it's tough because my wife is constantly complaining. Can't you just come up and snuggle in the morning? I want to snuggle the dog. Like no, no dogs oh, in the bed. I'm getting, a, I'm getting a feel for who the offender might be. It's everyone but me. I, oh, my wife geez. was the only one who sleeps in my bed, so she's the only one who can invite the dog up on the bed. But the other, the kids also want Daisy to be. Here's the thing: Daisy's allowed on the kids' beds. The kids invite them up on their beds. So far, we've been able to hold the line on that to distinguish. Yeah, you know, you want the dog in your bed. I, I didn't. I tried to fight it, but I couldn't. Right. So both kids allow the dog on their bed. So their <laughs> their beds are fil- filled with dog hair. Have fun with that. I still do not allow the dog in our bed. So. She has she has jumped up in the R bed a couple times and I have pushed her off immediately and and made it clear that no dogs in our bed. So far that's mostly working, although we do keep our bedroom entirely closed when we're gone. For now. Yeah. It's pretty uh, tough. Uh, that's the consistency. Like I'm I'm thwarted. I'm the only one with the discipline to enforce any kind of consistency. But there's no consistency else. unless there's full consistency. I know. That's that's what I'm getting at. It's You're just, the I nut. Get... You're the nut here. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Has it sent another picture of your uh, crusty cat? <laughs> look at her sweet, precious angel. She loves to be on the bed. Look I, at her. I like how the, someone is trying to do a good job of getting the disgusting brown gunk out of her face. Oh. But now it just looks like she is a white cat whose face has been stained with brown gunk and then someone oh, scrubbed it out. We clean and clean and clean that sweet, precious angel. Where does the gunk come from? Where she is the exudes it. Of the She's gunk? a hideous freak of nature of, <laughs> over generations. It's got to be her eyes, She's right? got a kind of vulval, vulval flap. She's got kind of like a num nen yum kind of thing. So that, is name? that where the is that where the brown stuff is growing? It comes out of all parts of her. She's a Persian. People have de- people have deliberately messed with her cardiovascular system, her pulmonary system. Which one oh, of is the be. breathing one? Look at that sweet angel. Look at that face. Mm. Uh, we probably have time for a, oh, 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 did you want to give our audience, um, uh, some follow-up? Did you want to give our audience some follow-up on how your TV, uh, went? You, you were uh, going to have a big dance party at your house and you had concerns that your TV was going to tip over. Would you tell our listeners how that went? So we had, uh, my daughter's birthday slumber party and a bunch of 11 year old girls came over and they made a, a tremendous amount of noise and a very large mess. They had an actual food fight for a brief period of time, which I do not recommend. Now, is that something that you had said ahead of time was going to be okay? Nope. Okay. Nope, nope, nope. They were doing a like make your own cupcake with various 
toppings type thing. And that at some point I wasn't in the room when this happened, which is good because I think it would not have handled it well. At some point, a, a brief food fight did break out. I came to see the aftermath, which was my wife cleaning uh, like icing and cupcakes off of the floor. And I asked her, how did that much cupcake and icing get onto the floor that far from the table? And she told me they had a brief food fight. Said, that's okay, not that's not sanctioned. No, not at all. Anyway, they did. But the girls, uh, of, girls of that age, I've discovered. Yeah, I, I think you talked about this a little on ATP. That yes, they do love all talking to the lady in a cylinder, but also sometimes they just scream for no reason, and just suddenly they're, everyone they're, will scream. They're very loud. A lot Even of just screaming. the talking is very loud. Talking over each other and like winning the talking over by being at a higher volume. They're very loud. Lots of, and they, and they and they talk a lot. Anyway. Uh, one, they, one of the centerpieces of this was going to be that your daughter got a new, was it a Switch game that was going to yep. be uh, one of those Dance Dance Revolution kind of games? Uh, Just Dance, not Just Dance, Dance Revolution. Just, Just Dance, which is a game that the uh, her friends are familiar enough. It's the whole reason she asked for it, because her friends have it. They're asking, what year did she have? You know, It's Just Dance, you know, insert year number. Just Dance 2016, 2017, 2018. We got the oh, 2018 we, version. Oh, we had that for the Wii. Yeah, yes, okay. It's, a, yeah, it's okay. a franchise. It's not a particularly good game. No. Um and so she wanted to do that. We did. We got the game before and we kept saying you should uh, play the game before your friends get here, because if you've never played it before, you should have some familiarity with it. So we did. We played it with her a couple of days before to get a feel for the game. The menu system in that game is infuriating. Like it is a, not a well-designed game, because what you want to do with a party game is be able to say, OK, now your turn, now my turn, now my turn, now your turn, and like swap back and forth and make it crystal clear which controller is controlling which person on the screen. Yeah. And if you want to have an avatar for yourself and pick avatars and make funny avatars and names for the players, make it easy to switch between them, right? And this game fails on both of those things. Menus are very difficult to navigate. There's these annoying, unskippable animations every time a menu transitions, during which all your controls are locked out, but it still remembers what you press. So if you press it at the wrong time, it will do a second oh, operation that's after the animation. That's... It's, it's a really bad uh, game. It was very confusing. Um, anyway... So they did this activity, all of them, and they, it's not just a two, it's a two person game. So you got the two switch little controller thingies, one in each person holds it in their hand. So those two people are playing the game, but the rest of the girls also wanted to participate, even though they're not holding a controller because it's just fun to do. Right. Mm-hmm. So now you've got four or five girls. <gasps> oh, that's a lot of motion. That's a lot all, of all oh. doing the dance at the same time in front of the television. Does it involve occasional jumping? Yes, it does. Uh, mm. And going to the floor and standing back up and all sorts of rhythmic things going on. John, your house, your in, house is not built to accommodate that kind of all, movement. All, all in theory and time uh, with each other, right? So, you know. Symp- sympathetic it, vibrations. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm there and I'm trying to take pictures of the kids doing dance party because it's fun. And I want to take video of it and, you know, save it to embarrass them later in life as parents do. Yep. Um, and they know I'm there, and usually uh, my daughter is mortified that I exist, but now she's too busy having fun at the party, so she doesn't care, so I'm taking pictures. So my move was, well, first of all, it's not there's not a lot of room in the room with five 11-year-olds dancing around. So my move was to get between them and the television <laughs> on the floor to act as a human buffer. And, and so I, with the, and your cover was that I'm taking pictures? But I was because it, it, the only place I could take pictures otherwise would be the backs of all of their heads. So if right. I wanted to get a picture of anyone's face, remember they're facing the television. There's no place for me to get around them on the side or anything. The only place I can be is behind them or directly in front of them. So I got directly in front, down on the ground, taking pictures up at them doing and videos up at them doing the dance to try to keep them 
away from the television. But all the while, I'm sitting right under the television, which is shaking back and forth and back and forth and back. So if this television's coming down, it's going to land on my head and kill me, which would be a poetic way for me to go out trying to protect oh. my television, right? Oh, God, and that would boy, be the worst. And boy, did this television move. It shook <laughs> it was a the lot. ultimate burn in. It, it shook a lot. Um, it does have a very big base. Uh, and I did, you know, you could do the, the, the mental math on exactly how much it would have to tip to actually upend itself. And I think it would actually be very difficult. But boy, this, this TV moved a lot. And I just endured it and waited patiently for them to get bored with the game and switch to the next activity, which was watching a movie, which I vastly preferred. Mm-hmm. So we all survived. <laughs> no one broke uh, the switch at all. Oh, and I forget, my wife joined in too, but she loves these dance games. So now I had her along oh, with four or five 11 year olds all dancing. It was it was very it's very harrowing, but we made it through. Everybody survived. Nobody was injured. A good time was had by all. You got some really nice photos too. You're a good photographer. Yeah, it was, it was difficult. The angles, truthfully, the angles I was getting down there mm-hmm. uh, were not didn't make for good pictures. But it you know I had, it was the excuse for me to be there. And I and I tried. I tried to get some good pictures, but it's very difficult. There's a lot of low light. It's nighttime. It's dim. People are moving quickly. It's it's challenging. I'm so glad you made it. That can be, uh, that takes a lot of emotional energy to have a, a sleepover. We got, we got, I think I told you one time we got way too ambitious. Um, so her last sleepover, I think there were four or five girls and we, um, got a two adjoining hotel rooms and had like a fancy sleepover the year before that. I, I I'm going to remember this wrong, but whatever number I pick, it's, it's larger than that. I think it was something like 12, like 11, girls, eight girls, 12 girls. It was ridiculous. It involved like three rooms and like, you know, the geometric, um, increase in drama when there's more girls around. Mm -hmm. When there's enough enough for them to break off into clicks, then you get real problems. Oh, we had, we had taken down our, uh, king size bed to turn into one Uber bed. And we'd like decorated our bedroom. We gave over our bedroom and we're like, that's okay. You know, my wife and I will sleep on the air mattress in our daughter's room and all the girls can sleep across this, this giant, this Canyon of beds that we have made. Mm-hmm. And you would not believe it was like, it was like trying to catch up on a season of game of Thrones. What happened in that house in two and a half hours? Cause you, you've also got the factor of, I don't know if we talked about this, but when you do a sleepover, you have the factor of on the one hand, there's one kid who's going to want to go to bed way earlier mm-hmm, than everybody mm-hmm. else. You go down the bell curve. You got another girl over here who she's going to be re- reading and talking until 4 a.m. Maybe she's, maybe she's hitting like a siren or something, but the, the, the difference that could be five hours between like when one wants to go to bed and when one finally, and in between there was so much factionalization and it was like playing a game of diplomacy where two girls, they get mad at the other girls and, and they just want to read. So they go to here and then they'd have a fight. And, and then at the end, at the end, there was one girl sleeping on our two king size mattresses mm-hmm. and they had moved to couches and floor. And I'd rather just sleep on the floor. And yeah. Well, I'll sleep on the floor too. You're not gonna sleep on the floor near me. And, <laughs> and, and like by like one thirty, I was, I was, it was just kind of twitching. There was too many. You can't do that many. Four is plenty. You had like six, right? Uh, no, I thought, what do we have? I think we had uh, only four guests, so five, five girls total. And this is the same, I think it's the same group as last year's slumber party, which was good. Your year-over-year year photo was so great. So Because I have some familiarity. And both years, one girl opted out of the sleepover both times. Which I think it's great. I'm assuming the first year especially was like parents' recommendation. It's basically like, she'll come, but she's not going to do the sleepover. And I was like, great, good. You know your kid. I don't want to have to deal with the kid who's going to be hysterical 
uh, because they can't sleep somebody strange. So she left at like nine or 10 or whatever, right? To go back yeah. home, right? And then trying to get them all to settle. It's a small number. Now we're down to only four. Yeah. Uh, my daughter is not good at sleepovers. So she bails around 1 a.m. and goes to sleep in her bed upstairs, right? Which is fine. <laughs> like, I'm fine with that too. And then the remaining ones, one girl snores, sort of, but <laughs> the other two managed to fall asleep before the snorer did. So that all worked itself out this year. So it is small enough numbers as they peel off, like, you know, and they all separate, like, they preferred couches to air mattresses and the things we'd set up for them to sleep on, like you said, were not actually slept on. But I don't care. As long as everyone actually gets to sleep eventually, mm-hmm. like, I think. By one thirty, everybody was all. It's a sleepover, out. you know. That's part right. of the fun, right? And, and truthfully, they were they weren't up that late. Like they started in on bed way earlier than I thought they were. It's just that there was a little bit of a little bit of latent shuffling. Like, I think they all tried to get to sleep, and yeah. then some snoring was an issue, and oh, then no. the the three did fall asleep. But then my daughter was still up, and then she came upstairs, and it was like, but it, but it was generally quiet. It could it could have been much worse. We can't share this with our listeners because it's pictures of your daughter's friends. But as you pointed out, it's the almost the exact same photo, exactly a year apart, of five girls, the same five girls watching a movie. And I love that one girl in particular has exactly the same expression in both photos. And it's not like, oh, you caught this brief moment in time and it looks the same from year to year. It I'm looks like she's you. waiting for a jump scare. <laughs> I'm telling you, these these kids watched a movie like that for two solid hours. I could have taken 300 pictures that looked exactly like that. The expressions on these girls' faces from year to year watching a movie are exactly the same. It That's is so good. Like it's, you know, it, like there were it, the fidgeters. There are some fidgeters in there too. Right? Mm-hmm. My, my daughter is more of a fidgeter, so she's all over the place. But the, the two girls on the ends, uh, their, their expressions are so are so different, so unrelated to what's on the screen, and so consistent. So good. We also we uh, we have that donut pillow from the uh, last year one. We've got that. It's a good pillow. Yeah, a lot, a lot of common, a lot of common stuff. I had I don't know where that came from, but like I saw uh, uh, Tiff uh, Tiff Armand got uh, the Pusheen box, and like I saw a bunch of her stuff. I'm like, we have that stuff. Why do we have? We got the same stupid box. I don't oh I don't God. know how these things happen, but. We you end, think, like, so, is it, well, my daughter got a Pusheen backpack with her own money um, a, a month or two ago, and like now there's this Pusheen backpacks all over the school. It's yeah, like they're, like they're just these, these waves. They're just yeah, they just spread uh, like the little the little board. The picture I sent you of of uh, my son and his birthday. Yeah, the little like board where you put the letters up. I don't know how that arrived in my house, but now I look at a bunch of other people's, and it's all in their houses. So it's all there's some yeah. sort of convention that I'm not part of where everyone agrees to buy one of those boards that you put letters on. There's another funny, not embarrassing, but a little bit funny, is like within the first week of school, you see how many kids are wearing exactly the same shirt as your kid did that you got, you've just picked up at Target. Like, hey, everybody's got the same Minecraft shirt. Like they all came from the same Target. It's so embarrassing. And lots of fun taters. You guys got a lot of fun taters. Yeah. I, I know I your, your lady that's... likes to make sure those pieces stay together. You keep the straws with the lids. We, you don't mix them up. We got rid of, we got rid of, got, quote unquote, got rid of. Like we have, we had a section of the kitchen counter that's covered with fun taters. Like, I oh, know, I, maybe, I've just been quietly disappearing them like one a week. Yeah. I think we had maybe 10 or 12 fun taters, like the history of fun taters. We still had the ones that were like four inches high for like toddlers. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know the ones. Right. And finally, we got rid of some of them. And she's like, you know, I gathered a bunch to get rid of. We can get rid of these. I said, great. I took them immediately, turned and put them in the recycle. She's like, no, I didn't mean like that. 
She meant we have to find a good home for them and give them away. It's like they're they're aluminum and plastic. Let's just recycle them. Right. You learn to disappear them. Well, I knew this was going to be hard because I knew there was one that she never, ever wanted to use. And she always asked for a replacement. And I was like, look, can I can I just get rid of the Paw Patrol one? Like you were never that into Paw Patrol ever. This mm. was just kind of like we needed one. And of course, she wanted to give it like a Viking burial. Yeah. I don't know what's ever going to happen with the stuffed animals. I don't know. This is a situation we've really got to deal with. Oh, oh, oh Fontainers. It wasn't exactly Fontainer brand, but there's another similar uh, thing. She's like, this is my wife. I really love this one, but it leaks. So let's get rid of it. I'm like, yeah, great. Let's get rid of it. She wouldn't let me recycle that one. I'm like, who is going to take the container that leaks? Who are put, you going to gift scrapbook. this? Put in a scrapbook. <laughs> who are you going to gift this to? Yeah. Right. This giant aluminum container that leaks. Put this in your backpack. It'll be great. I know. I think about that. I just rec- uh, just got rid of a bunch of my old shirts and I was like, and my wife is very like, we must, you must donate these. You must donate these. And I'm like, these are really nice. These were really nice Mack Weldon white undershirts, but they got yellow pit stains. But now, yeah, but now they're dust rags. Yeah. Now that's <laughs> yours. Now you take that. Now what are you going to make it? You can make it into a rug, I guess. An antimicrobial you rug. You can use it to stuff a very smelly pillow. <laughs> Uh, okay, we're running a little bit long here, but let's do, um, you got any topics you want to do? Uh, well, we, we, uh, we, we circled back with a follow-up there, but I think we have to briefly circle back just, just to, to keep you honest on your, Oh, your, no, you're not going to ask, are you? Un, your unsolicited, last week you made I, an unsolicited I, decorla- I think declaration I that I was, su- I, no, I promised I would that do That I was surprised about, because I wasn't, I wasn't even talking about it, let alone pressuring you to do it, and you came out of nowhere and said, guess what, you know what? Before next week, I am going to watch Money Mattress. That's what you said. I said, I said, I said to you, John, I said, you pick it, you pick it. I will watch whatever you say. I've been giving you so much homework and you've been such a gentleman about it. I'm going to go and I'm going to watch it. And And, and by the way, this is because two weeks I've been meaning to do it. This is because I did one thing that you suggested. You said, hey, you should watch Monster Factory and I watched Monster Factory. And that that one act was enough for you to self, to volunteer yourself. You're very busy. To do this. And so you did this. I volunteered yourself to do it. And I thought, and here's the thing, like Lucy with the football, at a certain point as we're approaching, you know, two weeks between episodes, I'm thinking, you think, is he actually going to do that? He did volunteer himself. It's not like, was it a bit or was he actually going to do it? And by the time I wrote it, like, (sighs) probably by the time I wrote it in the document, I realized you probably hadn't done it. But like for about two or three days there, (laughs) for two or three days there, I'm like, he, he, I think he's going to actually watch it this time. He offered to hold the football. Yeah, but then I don't I realized, know what happened. It got away from me, John. You know, if we recorded the show every week, I'd be better. I'd have no problem doing it. It's the two lie. week part, huh? Peanut butter. I peanut buttered hard on this. I'm not even ready. I'm supposed to revision for tomorrow, and I'm like one twelfth of the way in. Oh, I, I've been so good. I've been tired and a little stressed out lately, and so I end up watching a lot of YouTube at night. You know what? When I was in military school, you know what they said? Does they said there's three answers. Somebody says something to you, you say yes, sir, or you say no, sir. Or you say, no excuse, sir. And to you, John Syracuse, I say, no excuse, sir. Particularly because I was the one who offered it. Now, what I'm going to promise you right now, as I sit here today, May 22nd, 2018. Don't do it. Why? Look, you're unprompted. The next time that we record this show. Are you under duress? No. It's an an 87-minute movie. How hard could it be? It's three ways to watch movies, Merlin. That's the right way, the wrong way, and the army way. (laughs) I'm covered with shame. Did you ever see the Kids in the Hall sketch where uh, Kevin, what's his name, lends uh, Dave Foley the videotape and he keeps asking for it back and he never has it? Have you ever seen that video? 
Maybe. I'm not going to ask you to watch it because I've already given you too much homework. But each time he sees him, he goes, slip my mind. And each time he promises to give him more and better extra things, each time <laughs> it just keeps escalating. It sounds vaguely familiar, but many kids in the hall sketch are the same. I'm pretty sure I've seen every kids in the hall sketch. So I'm pro- I probably have seen this one. But it's I'm not, not trying to change the subject. I'm covered with shame. I owe you an amends. Now listen, our next recording, by the time of our next recording. No, no, wait, wait. By the time I realized that you probably hadn't watched this and I'd been that I had been a fool for thinking you might. Don't say that. Then, that hurts my I, heart. I imme- Don't say that. I then immediately switched to fear that you might try to watch it because I don't want you to watch it in a rush. I don't want you to watch it under duress, under pressure. I get pressure, the feeling to be like this is have, a movie I'm going to have to actually pay attention to. I don't want you to have to cram it. So then at that point, I was like, I hope he doesn't watch Her it. Career, because- and there's different parts and it's, you know, kind of subtle, it sounds like. It looks it looks very ambitious. I do want you to watch it and pay attention. Eventually. All right. Okay. So our next, I don't know if we can, we'll probably be recording. I can't do the math on this. It's too late in the month for me to do the math. But the next time that we record, I'm, I'm going to make a concerted, I'm going to set aside Satan, get thee behind me. Move these bass videos out of the way. Move all of these, who, who sang this Les Mis song best videos, move these out of the way. And make room for 87 minutes of, of uh, it's anime, right? Is that what you call it? It's not manga. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can do that. After this, we'll schedule it. We're going to schedule it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be ready. I'm going to read Vision. Don't, I'm going to read 12 issues of Vision. This, you don't need to put this kind of pressure on yourself. I Don't I? Don't I? Don't I, John? I feel like when, when you're ready, you'll know. Yeah. Don't, don't, uh, don't pre-announce, you know, uh, under-promise and over-deliver. Yeah, so, sometime in December. Mm-hmm, that kind of thing. Sometime before you're dead. Let's, you know, let's... It's on the list. I mean... Let's time box this. All right. I, yeah. Uh, should we keep doing the show? <laughs> I just... It's, it's fine. It seems so simple. <laughs> what I do is I end up, like, I've been really having this Broadway kick. Big Broadway kick and big mm-hmm. musical kick. I've been listening mm-hmm. to more musicals that are new to me. And then that sends me down the YouTube holes. So like the, the Evan Hansen, uh, I'm discovering Company, uh, the Spring Awakening, Wicked. I'm, dis- I'm discovering these musicals. And then what I'll do is I'll go, I'll go down a hole. And there's this person. Uh, I said to Max and Alex today, this is the, at once the best and worst YouTube channel. And it's this channel <laughs> that mostly consists of adulation of Selena and video compilations of who sang this best. And it could be just who sang this one part of this song best. And they are totally addictive. There's one for And I Am Telling You. You could watch that. Mm-hmm. They do one for uh, the, uh, the, the climax of On My Own. They got a lot in that one. Oh, I'd like to see that one. You need to send me that one. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. Got, I've got my interest. <laughs> yep, I got it right here. But then also, the funny part is, once you really dig in with this, uh, I think, fella and his musicals... Um, you get into like some really obscure, weird things. I think he's got a real axe to grind about Adina Menzel's voice. And he's got real hard on for like the difference between her voice before and after Wicked. And he just keeps putting out these videos like, hmm, yeah, listen to this, listen to this. Oh, oh, you know, uh, li- listen, listen to the first performance of Defying Gravity and the last performance of Defying Gravity. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Throwing a lot of shade at, uh, at Sutton Foster. Not a fan of that. Everyone's always got a conspiracy theory. I already got into related videos. Who sang uh, the I Dreamed a Dream bridge the best? Right. That's got a lot, a lot. 
There's a lot of thumbnail good. image is our is uh, our friend Anne Hathaway at her most. Pathetic. She's in that one. Um, the on my own ones are good. It's just a little short bit, little climax. Uh, sometimes, yeah, you the on my own then and now. Hmm. Oh yeah, there was another one of her. Her what's her name? How do you say it? I don't know. Le- Leah Salonga. She's she's my. I think she's my. So she's, she's the one, she's that my one version one. you like. Yep, uh, but uh, mine I think is early. So I'm gonna, this 22 years apart one, I think I'm not going to prefer the 22 years later one. Oh uh, well, you should check out Mr. Golightly's YouTube channel because it is bananas. There's all kinds of stuff like this. Yep, I am. I see. I see the rabbit hole. I see it for what it is. You, so you, I, you sympathize with why I didn't watch Millennium Actress because I got no, this. I got, I, got I, Ad, I got Adam talking about a base. I ended up watching Victor Wooten last night. I went down a Victor <laughs> Wooten hole. You got Rick Beato over here, and what made this song great? I'm watching all of those. And then, and then I get into all the different versions of uh, Defying Gravity from Wicked and all the different ones, and now I'm watching all of those. I'm sitting there practically crying, and it's 11 o'clock, and I haven't watched The Millennium Actress. Oh, I have, I have a better time management skills in that I... Well, you got I, your video games you play. Right, but even that, like, I, I don't find myself not able to do the things that I'm supposed to do because of The things of you these, promised like, to your friend. Your internet exactly. friend. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like it's it just, shouldn't it, be hard. Eighty-seven again, minutes. It's unprompted. It's not right. like you know. Okay. I, I find the time. I find it the slipped time. Slipped my mind. As I, I sit here even, right now, I don't now, even have a nap. Hang on, hang on. Right here, I want to pull up my calendar. I'm going to look at when I can put this in. Okay, so today. But I don't. I don't want you to be so rushed. I want okay. you to watch it when you're not Mom's, sleepy. Mom's when got not, acupuncture. You're not foregoing a nap. Mom's got acupuncture. Then, okay. It looks like probably. Uh, hey, is it? Is it? Uh, it's not for kids, right? Um. Probably not. I'm going to take that as a no. No, let me think. Let me think. Well, I'll tell you, the British office is not for kids. Woo! I I think there might be some parts that would be scary. Okay. All right. I'll watch it first. I'll watch it probably twice. So we got to record in two weeks. Previous, previous. Okay. P-P-N-N. Okay. There are All some right. adult themes, but kids probably won't pick up on them. But there is That's one or two parts on. that are a little bit scary. All right. I, I should, I should be able to. I'm going to make this. An, I'm going to make it a night job. I'm going to make an early night job. And I'm, I'm going to set aside the base. I'm going to set aside the, the defines of gravity. And I'm, I'm going to hunker down on 87 minutes, pure 102, right here, 100% attention. I'm a lame actress. One sitting. You're going to make it through all the way through from the beginning to the end. All the way? All the way. 87 minutes. <laughs> I believe in you. I can do it. I can but do if it. You but if you're going in and you don't feel like you're ready for 87 minutes, bail and start push over. It, push it. That's yes, right. But push it, it. each time you fail, you must start the level over. Well, don't even start. Don't even start if you, if you feel like I'm not ready for 87 minutes. I'll be asleep in, in 35. Mm-hmm. Don't start. Okay. All right. And, and also, by the way, on the nap front, this is, this is a real time follow up from the beginning of the program. I had heard that you wish you didn't need a nap. You were saying, boy, I love a good nap, but recently I'd heard you say that you wish you didn't need a nap because on the days when you don't need a nap, or maybe was that you or was that John? That was probably me, and I think what I said was, I don't want to need to take a nap, but I'll stop taking naps when I don't need to anymore. Right, but you don't want to need to. Like, I don't uh, want to need to. Mm, if, I, yeah. if I feel like I wake up from a nap, I'm like, whoo, I needed that nap. I probably still need naps. The, uh, now, can you correlate this with all your sleep tracking? Like, kind if your sleep of. tracker says you got crap sleep, then you like need a nap more than I if you cannot good sleep? tell precisely what. It, so, did you already listen to that episode? Yes. So, you heard the thing about how like I feel like I sleep better when I'm away from home. That is mm-hmm. very perplexing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know precisely. <laughs> She's such an angel. I'm Look trying to think why. Why might you sleep better when you're away from home? Does your cat travel with you? When <laughs> she meows thirteen times because she's bored. Like the cat doesn't travel with you. No, she doesn't. 
She just sits in her basket and waits for the cat lady to come over and she can run away and hide behind the bed. It's quite an adventure. <laughs> it wasn't my idea to get a cat. Uh, you know what? I have gotten pretty good about, I've slept a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but I've gotten pretty good at being in bed by 11. That's one of my like tent pole sleep goals is in bed by 11. Cause you can't really gauge how well your sleep went until you start going to bed at the same time. And the truth is like, I am very rarely up past 642 for a variety of reasons in the house. 642 is when things are really lighting up. Like that's when stuff is really starting to happen. My daughter's up, she's having an organ and she's reading the cat's walking around. My daughter's or my wife's getting lunch ready. And you know, at that point I feel like a layabout 642 AM. I would love to sleep till seven thirty if I could, but you know, at seven thirty, we're I'm on my drop off days, two drop off days a week. We're leaving the house uh, at seven thirty. I don't know how you're how you're swinging that that you are the last one to sleep in your house. Oh yeah, it's great. They both go to bed earlier. We're gonna start some kind of uh, sort of whisper campaign. Oh, now this is interesting. To tell me more house. about this. You know, <laughs> Merlin. Merlin is the last one to sleep in his house. I'll, well, I'll just get the, I'll, I'll, I'll get the the angry wife equivalent of that's fine for Merlin is what I'll get from that. So I should just not even bring it from up. whom? My wife. Oh wait, I can't so, be the last one to sleep in the house on on a weekday. So you go to bed at the same time? No, but everyone has to get up mm-hmm. immediately and before the kids and do stuff and then wake the kids up and then do stuff with them. Yes. Hmm. You think I'm a, you think I'm a layabout? You think I'm a lard brick? I know you are. That is my, um, that is my, cause there's a lot of times my wife and I like to hang out and like watch a TV show or do whatever, but it's b- both of our like bleh, time. You know what I mean? Like we're not, yeah, we're no, not, I, we're not, I, we're not I, playing I, Canasta I and time. having lively conversation. It's like, this is time to look at the iPhone and relax. Or in my case, to like watch a video, but we started watching a Netflix show, uh, last night. We both really enjoyed it. So that's going to be our current like What's new that? show. Um, evil genius. Hmm. Haven't heard of that one. Yeah, going cold. Docu- documentary. Uh, oh, I think for, f- documentary. Bleh. Oh, sorry, four parts, but that's very interesting. Bleh. Do you remember when t- in uh, around two thousand three, there was a strange bank robbery in Erie, Pennsylvania? I do involved, not remember that. Should I remember that? That involved I a bomb and a person. Nope. Okay. You got plenty of other that. things to do. True crime, true crime documentary. I'm still confused about about this. What, what you're saying here? What, what you're going to get in trouble because you should be. So I'm jealous of how much of how much you don't have to the, how how much you're able to sleep in the morning while other people are up and doing work, and that That's I can never at. and I can never say that because oh. I will just get yelled at because already the amount of work I do around well, here. Okay, is okay, and, and no, I am not. This is in no way to defend my my lard brickitude, but the truth is, my wife is a very early riser. Like she's not a, she's, <laughs> you're, she, you're right. There is no way to defend. Yes. That, well, no, that's her nature. Her nature is, well, I used to sleep till 11 before I met her. I mean, that was, yeah, that I was, used, I used, yes, I'm a late, I'm, we are probably the same. I, I, I would, am, ma- I, would make, I would make web pages until three in the morning, watch the final uh, repeat of law and order on Annie. I would go to bed at 3 AM and I would wake up at 11. Uh, unless there was, it would have to be a very good reason for me to break from that. And that's what I did for several years. Like that's that's how I lived. That was when I was getting the most done. Um, also, also, I think the internet used to be faster at night. <laughs> remember yeah. that? Mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds dumb to say, but the internet no, was faster at night. Um, so yeah, you know, I had the FTP stuff. Um, 
But um, no, I mean, like I, I'm. What I'm saying is, six forty-two is kind of a high, and sometimes I get to sleep later. Sometimes I end up getting up earlier, but that's it's rare that I'm like I can't count on anything beyond really I can't I would not would not count on anything beyond six fifteen or six thirty. I'm not complaining because it's it's a happy life. I like it, but I do wish I could sleep a lot more. I feel like if I could go into some kind of like a Michael Jackson chamber for like a month, I feel like if I could just go, you know, like Roderick mm-hmm. used to talk about like, uh, you know, the the UFOs being able to like fix your body and run you through the machine, the particles. Yep. I kind of just want, I want somebody to knock me out and give me 30 contiguous days of sleep. And I somehow feel like when I come out of that, I might need a day or two to recover, but I, w- I feel like I would achieve a lot of my vim and vigor. So here's what you need. My, my experience has shown, because I was also a, a late sleeper uh, my whole life, and, and now that life is over. Um, <laughs> I love the way you put that. Has, has been that for life many is years over? now. Yeah, like it has been for many years now. And what I realized, maybe like, I don't know, five or seven years ago, uh, at first I thought, I've lost my ability to sleep late. That's what I thought, right? Because even on days, like we do the thing where we split. Saturdays is my day to sleep late, and Sunday is my wife's day to sleep late, uh-huh. right? Uh, but even when it was my day to sleep late, I wasn't able to do it. Like, even if my wife was good at keeping the kids out of the room, keeping the dog out of the room. Oh, and that's uh, very keep, hard to do. Keeping the door closed. It, like, no matter what, there is no there is no world in which I can restfully sleep late. And so I thought, like, that's it. Like, you know, kids, well, that, that, baby, that's, that's why a- I use that phrase is you can't count on it. Like, there's a chance if something goes real crazy and they decide to take a field trip and everything else lines up, you might get to sleep till nine. But it's it's very rare that all that lines up. Or even like I said, even if even if you're, quote unquote, allowed to be sleeping late, it's not possible to do it. And even if you're technically not awake, awake, you're you're like not really asleep. Like, it's not possible the muscles in your back just never actually relax enough for you to actually sleep. And so I thought many years ago that I've lost it. I've lost the ability to sleep late. Like I used to be yeah. uh, I'm still a night owl. I still want to be up until one in the morning watching stupid things on TV, but that I no longer have the ability to sleep late to make up for it, even if allowed to do so. And then mm-hmm. I learned uh, when I had this brief opportunity, it's come up rarely, uh, but it does come up occasionally. Uh, this was before we had Daisy. And everyone else was gone, as in not home. They were all, like, traveling separately or on vacation. I came home early to go to work or whatever. I don't remember what the situation was. But, like, but I was the only one in the house. And I went to sleep at my normal time. And I woke up, you know, or like 6 a.m. Then looked at my clock. And I said, oh, well, nobody's here. There's no reason for me to wake up at 6. It was a weekend. And so I went back to sleep. And I closed my eyes. And I opened up again. And it was 1 p.m. And I was like... Still got you it. You still got it in you, kid. <laughs> right. And I was like, well, how did that happen? Because I felt like it was six. Uh, I go back to sleep and I woke up and I'm like, it must be it must be probably around eight now. Right. And I look at the clock and it was 1 p.m. And that's the magic that can happen when there aren't three other people running around your house making noise. Like that's that's the trick. How, so how did you, you feel? You wake, you wake up and you're like, you got to be I felt yourself. fantastic. It, you felt fantastic. <laughs> Oh my God! You and you, you, you weren't ashamed. You weren't ashamed. You need you need to get everyone else out of your house and not get like oh they're gone, but they'll be back at noon after they come back from like whatever. No, no. just like not there. So out you need the a week alone in your house, and you will be like a oh, new man. Oh my God! Maybe I don't need a whole month. Maybe I need to make my family leave now. Maybe I, maybe we sh- we should leave. Leave my wife there for a week. That could be very rejuvenating for her. Yeah, no, that's, my wife would say the same thing. She would get jealous. She's like, I want to have a week at home 
uh, by myself. And of course, now the dog ruins that because even if you're home alone without the kids, the dog is up at 5.30 a.m. putting its paws on the bed because it can't come up entirely and whining and barking at you because yeah and there's just there's just so many factors i mean like like it's just it seems like every night there's something else it could be that our daughter's having a rough night and ends up sleeping with us and i'm getting elbowed in the spine you know uh our garbage people like like on monday night they came at 5 30 monday morning <laughs> they usually come at 2 30 the garbage people and they do it very I know, I, very it's, very I can't, slowly i can't i can't parse that phrase anymore without thinking of the political connotation <laughs> what our garbage. I don't know. Just no. It was not. We're not talking politics in the show. No, say, 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 do, say the phrase. Say what is do, it? Right? You know, the, these are garbage people. It's a common <laughs> phrase, right? And I do not welcome gar- the garbage. Are garbage people like they're yeah, animals? Just, yeah. Oh, yeah. they're real slow. They go real slow. And I hear the truck up the street. I hear it getting nearby. I hear them outside banging around, and I hear them going down the street. But, but that's the like, magic of like the, the sleeping night when no one is home, is you would think, oh, the, you know, car doors are still slamming, birds are chirping, garbage nope. trucks are going. But the thing is, I'm able to tune that out in a way that I'm not able to tune out what I know to be the sounds of the rest of my family. You've talked in my about, house. and you've talked about this like you've got like a hair trigger. With uh, like worrying, are the kids okay? Like worrying, you hear a noise. Yeah, the, that the kind babies, of the babies do it to you. Right. It's like you're just don't, always don't constantly let the babies, like, don't let the baby die. Right, it, and, and it, like the baby makes one little sniffle noise two rooms away, and you are snapped yeah. out of a dead sleep. Yeah, hundred percent. Right, and that just ruins you for the rest of your life. Now, if my children do anything, I'm like, what? What was that sound? Is that the sound of some heavy thing dropping? Is like is something breaking? Is something on fire? Or mm-hmm. are the, the kids are that's even before they start screaming at each other. Or my wife's yelling at them or whatever. Like. It's, you know, so they have to not be there and they have to not be coming back. Cause I found sometimes they'll, you know, oh, they'll go out in the morning, uh, you know, and then come back or my, you know, my wife would take my son out to the grocery store in the morning while I'm sleeping on my, you know, before my daughter was born. And I'd be like, oh, they'll be gone. But I, because I know they'll be back in 45 minutes, that whole 45 minutes, I'm just like not able to get back into a deep sleep. Yeah. That's that, that amount of time is, it's a rounding error. Yeah. You know, um, Gosh, we don't have time for a topic. One other funny thing about the Elliot uh, Independence Project that's been very interesting. So what that means is that I will go, not, not to be too detailed here, but I pick her up at school like I do every day, and I see her off at the corner. She goes home. And for an hour, hour and 20 minutes, she's on her own. That's the basic experiment. At this point, we'll probably extend it more, try some other things, but that's the basic experiment. So what do I do? I go back to my office. This has been such a gift for me because ordinarily – uh, on a day like today, I would just be at home doing whatever at home. I'd be, you know, prepping for our show on the laptop, doing whatever. But it's bothering such a, your daughter apparently is what you'd be doing. Well, no, we we both like to wind down after we'll do we'll do homework together sometimes, or we'll do listen to a podcast or something. We'll, but you know, a lot of times studies her. I know how stressful it is to be at school all day long. People do not give kids credit. It is very stressful to be in a goddamn school from 7.50 a.m. until 1.50 p.m. And then afterwards, she's got, you know, two hours of aftercare, and it's like, there's no time to be a kid anymore. It's the worst. And I'm super sensitive to that. That's why I've changed the schedule to where, like, three days a week, I pick her up earlier now, because I want her to have time to just get to go screw around at home. Like, it's ridiculous how little, if you account for homework, anyway, you know what I'm saying here. It's ridiculous how little time kids have to do nothing. Um, Or even just play iPad games. But this has been such a crazy gift. Because I basically, I arrive at my office and I know that accounting for the time to travel, I have like almost exactly one hour to be at the office and I end up getting the coolest, non-essential, sometimes, sometimes essential. A lot of times it's when I record ads for a show, stuff like that. But you know, stuff like 
one time recently, like maybe last week or so, it was like, oh, this is like exactly enough time for me, me to make a Spotify playlist for this week's Roderick on the Line. And it was exactly enough time to do that. Or it's just enough time to like write this funny thing. But like one hour, in any other situation, one hour is like, ugh. Like that's not enough time to do anything. But in this case, it ends up being exactly enough time for me to do something cool that I wouldn't think to do when I'm having the get in, get out work day. So I like that part. No knives, no fire. I bet she's enjoying it too. She's enjoying it. She's she's in a good mood when I get home. <laughs> Everybody likes it when daddy's gone. Oh, where, where were we going? I was dropping. Oh, I was drop, dropping my daughter off to an activity. And again, she did the uh, before she opened the door. Told <laughs> right. me to turn, turn the, off the told music. me to turn the radio off. And I'd forgotten that that was a thing. And she pulled it out again. Can you can you turn the radio off before I open the door? I'm like, there's nobody here. No one. Like, I forget what it was. It was not. It was music, but it wasn't. It wasn't embarrassing. Or maybe maybe it was even a podcast. I'm like, <laughs> was it like Dixieland or something? <laughs> I don't. I don't like. First of all, no one can hear it. Second of all, what do you care? Third of all, yeah. there is literally no one here. There's no no human being in sight. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't it's, know. It, it is maddening. And like my kid. You know, oh, what's the island? Um, Goofball? Goofball Mm -hmm. Island? Mm -hmm. Like, I, that was one of the things from that movie that I walked away with is, like, appreciate every time you get a little bit of Goofball Island. And I'm so glad we still have some Goofball Island. But, like, (laughs) we've definitely turned a corner in terms of, like, could you please not do a funny voice when we're walking down the street? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, why? Nobody can even hear us. (laughs) Seriously, please do not do that. She's she's just so ashamed. Uh, I should spy on her. Mm-hmm.